Welcome to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. Join us as we share our favorite RPGs, one-shot games, tabletop games, reviews, and convention panels. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Kelly, a.k.a. Trixie from Ragnarok and Roll, a sign to Ragnarok story, and Tilda Wimblewick from D&D Journey of the Fifth Edition. First off, I would just like to say thank you to everyone for listening to our varied adventures, as well as for rating us on iTunes and RPGpodcast.com. If you haven't rated us yet, we would greatly appreciate it if you could. And if you're looking for more ways to support our efforts, we are now on Patreon, a great site where you can help us continue making more podcasts, as well as some special surprises for our patrons. If you can, please look us up at www.patreon.com cppn. Every little bit helps. And again, thank you for listening. Hey guys, Jim here. And Kelly. And welcome back to RPG A Day 2023. It is August the 29th. We are almost done with the month. And more importantly, that means at the end of the week, we are almost at Tucson Comic Con. So, in regards to memorable events like Comic Con, today's prompt is the most memorable encounter. See, there are so many really cool encounters. It's hard to pick just one. Just one, huh? Let's see. For me, <laughs> you know, I, I might have to go with <laughs> Sister Solace. <laughs> oh. My uh, tiefling uh, cleric of uh, the God Power. <laughs> 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 and the Princess of the Apocalypse. <laughs> We're in the the uh the the t- air tower, uh-huh. and I just know I know this guy is evil. I just know it. I know it within <laughs> every fiber of my being. But everybody else feels like they're inside or whatnot, and I'm the <laughs> only one. So, um, but I'm a cleric, you know. Of you know, I'm chaotic good, if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm like I'm. Still, you know, and so they're all talking with the guy, and out of the blue, I just like jump over the table, throw punch the guy, pin him to the ground, and then with a dagger to his throat. And this is the cleric. (laughs) You know, I have the sun as my symbol. (laughs) Of course, to be fair, I look like a devil i mean mm-hmm. like the the prototypical devil red skin black hair black horns golden eyes though um uh, because like when they said nobody wanted to play the cleric so i'm like okay i'm gonna pick uh, i'll play the cleric but i'm gonna make that character look so far unlike a cleric would you would typically think of and um so i the guy pins and then because i'm a tiefling i have thaumaturgy <laughs> automatically i get thaumaturgy <laughs> and i had and, and you always make us roll those trinkets mm-hmm. you never know what you're gonna get and i got some little weird glass ball filled with smoke and i'm like okay i used to like do tricks for the kids and change the different <laughs> colors and stuff because like what i'm gonna do with this little trinket so instead i pull it out with a guy's throat you know, out of my bag, and it's like, and I tell him, this is a lie detector. <laughs> and basically, 
like, you lied to me. I will know. <laughs> and sure enough, so I'd ask a question, and you would, he would answer, and just like pure, I'm like, okay, I'm going to make it turn this color. It's like, oh, you're lying, you know? So it was like. <laughs> and you rocked that insight check. I did. I was the only one, but nobody was going to believe me. So, um, <laughs> so uh, um, at that point, it was like, but of course, I'm still a cleric and I'm still essentially a good person. Mm -hmm. You know, I take the dagger away from his throat, which I never should have done, you know. And uh, then he did that Missy step crap, but that was friggin' hilarious. I loved that. I mean, like, and everybody around the table is going, what the fuck? <laughs> and then our monk went insane and chased after him because she was told to. Oh, uh, yeah, because uh, a certain uh, hobgoblin encouraged her to. A certain but, warlord uh, commanded her to go out the window. Yeah, follow him, follow him. But yeah, that's that's the uh, uh, one I would choose for uh, <laughs> uh, most memorable. Uh. See, I, I can't I, believe that worked. I mean, I yeah. was literally pulling that out of my ass, <laughs> and it was a fifty-fifty chance whether he was lying or not. And I'm mm -hmm. like, I knew he was evil, you know. And I'm like, so sure enough <laughs> and then it's like and he kept it and he kept lying and or and then he would tell one thing the truth or something and i would you know and but i guessed right every single time and the character like was like oh it really does tell the thing it really does tell you if i'm lying <laughs> he was totally trying to get away with half truths and you totally mm -hmm. pinned him in the corner with it mm-hmm and of course, I do recall it didn't hurt you rolled what was a natural 20 to insight. And I looked yeah. at you and said, you know he's motherfucking lying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The rest of you, no. You all 100% believe this is a great guy. He's like so nice. And he shared his people's banquet with you and, oh, offered, yeah. and offered, offered to help you guys with some problems going on. Mm -hmm. And you knew he was the heart of evil in this area. Exactly. I'm like, no, he is evil. He is evil incarnate, and I was right. <laughs> and the whole time I'm thinking, God damn it, this was going to be like the next challenge. These guys would have taken you out on some hunts and done some cool stuff that may have had bad consequences. But nope, you just bypassed three levels <laughs> worth of material, and you're just like, you, the devil, you evil. <laughs> And towards the guy's like, oh, shit, I got to get out of this room. This chick put a knife <laughs> to my throat. Misty step out the wind and fly like the yeah. wind. Yeah. Unfortunately, the monk did not fly like an eagle. No, but I did get a natural 20 and saved her ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is funny because in an earlier chapter, she got a natural 20 and saved my ass. My character is literally going to die. I was like, okay, into that night I will go, you know, <laughs> but I will be going in glory. No, and she pulled it out, a miracle, and uh, mm -hmm. saved my ass. So I just returned the favor. See, now for, for my most memorable encounter, I will actually be dropping one that happened this week. 
uh, on our Theros game. I totally have to mention it because in that Theros game, it's the Greek setting for Magic the Gathering for D&D. They've made the setting book for it. So everything is very Grecian. And our group has basically been told they've been prophesized by the equivalent of Oracle of Delphi that they're the heroes that will slay the Titans when they rise against the gods. So they're going to have to go out and do these series of legendary quests to get the powers and the things they need to eventually at level 10 to 15 fight the Titans that are coming after the gods because the gods can't do anything because they made a truce and the gods don't want to be the ones to break it. But champions of the gods are total different uh, exclusionary cause. Well, for our group, they were basically, they drank from the Horn of Plenty, so they got, each got these cool visions of what weapon they need to get, and total great way of giving them the here's your private mission from your god and a vision from drinking Mega Hooch from a horn. And the group went to a temple of the goddess who's basically Artemis. You know, she she doesn't have, you know, a, a gaggle of, of virgin warriors with her, but she has her own druid priests and priestesses. And the guys went to where they were told her area was after parting with some satyrs on, on one of their harvest nights. And unfortunately, our monk in the group, he's Nyxborn, which means he he's an elf in a world that doesn't really have elves. And he wasn't born so much as the god of death, the Hades of this world, plucked him from the sky and laid him down on the world to become a Nyx-born creature. So when he does his uber power, he turns like half night star his sky and can do some cool stuff. And he's a monk. And as That's a pretty. <laughs> direct servant of Hades... His goal in life is to hunt any undead down or anyone who has escaped Hades' call. So that's his stick. He has a, a spiked chain like an old 3.5 days, you know, and a bow. That's, that's the things he's good with. Well, when they got to this beautiful island, and mind you, right before they got to this island, a certain satyr warlock of the goddess of fate poached a deer right outside the island. and then totally botched the survival role, thereby ruining the corpse for food purposes. It was hysterical. Perfect time for a natural one. Oh. So yes, that, that character has blood on their hands, so to speak, when they get onto the island. So they get there, and they find a table set with a beautiful banquet, all a classic Grecian story. Wine glasses, food, meat, cheese, everything. And immediately, the group is sneaking into this clearing, and they're like, what's going on here? The food's untouched. There's a big fire with two large spits with, like, two five-foot things wrapped in leaves baking over the spit. And the group are just like, those are some big pigs in the fire. Until, uh, obviously, our cleric had the best wisdom score for a perception check and realized on the in the bonfire that one of the leaves must have peeled back just right, and he recognized a hand in the leaf. Oh, dear. And then he looked into the coals of the fire and realized there was this ornate stack of bones. So that obviously somebody was making falafel out of people and had their bones piled up in the coals as a sacrifice to a god. He couldn't quite, with his role, figure out what god it was dedicated to, 
But the group had a suspicion it was the Huntress God because this is her island after all. Well, unfortunately, everyone botched their perception checks of walking into this camp, except our monk. And our monk sees two people in a hunting blind looking right at them with bows. And he, of course, is playing cool until he gets a chance to hide behind a tree, pull out his bowl, and he nails one. And natural 20, insta-kill, he had advantage, horribleness. And the other one starts fighting, and the group has this big, long-running fight where they basically, our monk teleports into the hunting blind and Spartan-style kicks the other guy out of the the hiding, the, the, the animal hide, where they hide. And the group basically captures the last guy who, once he realizes who they're the chosen of the gods and all that shit, he realizes, oh my god, this was a big misunderstanding. And the monk, of course, profusely apologized. He thought he was being attacked, going to be about to be murdered. So, believe it or not, this thorn bearer, druid, satyr is totally like, okay, shit happens. Our god believes that, you know, the strongest is the will to survive, so I'm not going to take it personally. You killed my buddy. We're going to invite you to dinner. And they invited them to this beautiful dinner where they basically spilled the beans that, oh, yeah, you see that giant 50-foot-tall oak tree over there that happens to have golden apples coming out of it, even though it's an oak tree? That's our goddess's sacred tree that has golden apples, which, by the way, the group is totally here to steal at least one golden apple. And they're going to kill the golden Nyxborn ram that's out here in the, somewhere in this preserve. Why? Because they need the, 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 the ram's hide, like the classic... Like golden fleece. Exactly. And they need the, one of the apples for a magic item to be crafted by a magical forge that they've relit for the forge god. So they're basically here to, to loot and pillage this place. But the priests all took a liking to them. We had great persuasion and charm checks happening. Literally, our satyr, who's a warlock and is like the talking person in the group, even though he also often gets them in trouble, totally sold them on the idea that we, with a natural 20 to a 26, are the chosen of the gods. Here is the oration of the Edda that we are based on, and let my Minotaur bard sing you the song of our accomplishments to get here. And these guys are like, oh yeah, don't mess with the tree. It's got a hidden guardian that our goddess has captured and bound to the tree, and blah, blah, blah. And they're telling them everything. So the group's like, hey, this is hippie love satyr. So, of course, our warlock satyr totally hooked up with a guy in a gal at the camp. And all of our teammates are sleeping in this big camping area where they, they normally sleep there. And, of course, all of our players deceive that they've gone to sleep. And then the monk, who is sneakier than sneaky, decides to creep out of the camp. So, well, even the group lost track of him. <laughs> and as he snuck off and did a cool, quick ninja-style jump up to a tree branch, and just as he was about to pluck the apple, he gets hit by a hydra. Oh! Whose one head, as it bites his thigh, starts to materialize from an invisibility spell. And then everybody rolls initiative. Uh, the Hydra, unfortunately, uh, our monk attacks the Hydra, and he does a couple of his astral hand strikes, and he knocks a tooth out of the Hydra. As he realizes, 
four more heads start materializing. And then it's the Hydra's turn. The Hydra went chomp, 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 chomp. And the last chomp was a Hydra biting another Hydra head. Because <laughs> it rolled a natural one, so one of the heads was super greedy. But unfortunately, the last head that succeeded to hit, hit him took him out. He was dropped to zero. Hanging up in a tree in the mouth of the Hydra. And at that point, the rest of the group, half of them could see him with their night vision being close enough. And two of the others couldn't see Jack because they had no night vision. So all of a sudden, the guardians, because, you know, I totally asked him, give me a con save to see if you can keep your mouth shut as you're being, you know, ripped to pieces by Hydra. And he failed, so he let out a noise. So some of the sleeping druids are like, what? What's going on? And mind you, this group is mostly good. I don't think any of them are lawful. They're all chaotic, but they're good is the thing, which we had a conversation after the game that that may not be so. They're justifying their actions because it's the greater good. And this goddess is a bit of a prick sometimes. So it's it's justifiable in their opinion. Immediately, our minotaur, Bard, creeps forward. She botches her stealth check with a, a, a lovely eight. But she then proceeds to put her sword through the throat of the first priest waking up. <laughs> and then it becomes this running fight of everyone grabbing an unconscious priest before they wake up and trying to murder them. It doesn't go well during the fight because uh, at one point, our crafty warlock decides, you guys got the priests. I'm going after the freaking Hydra that just ate our monk. And the monk is dangling from the Hydra's one head as the others are all wanting to eat it. And he goes up and basically fears the Hydra. And the Hydra rolls like... I. Literally, this encounter went on for like five rolls. The Hydra couldn't roll a single double-digit number. And, of course, the Hydra's first act is he has to forsake all action, and he has to dash as far as he can, just like a uh, turn dead. So, of course, his first action was from 15 feet in the air, he drops the monk out of his mouth. So the monk hits the ground and takes damage. And automatically fails one death save. Oh. oh. Then on the monk's turn, he makes an 11. So he succeeds on one death save. So it's one and one. One and one. Unfortunately, two of the priests have woke up and recovered enough to do their cool hail of arrows thing, which is a cone attack that does 5d6 arrow damage. And both. Our paladin, our bard, and our cleric fail the first save, so they all get pelted. Then the next priest angles it just right, so he can't hit the bard, but he can hit the priest and the paladin in his hail. Oh no. And the, the centaur cleric goes down. Oh. Miki, our bard, takes her turn, and she's just like, Paladin, you got those guys right? And the Paladin's like, oh, yeah, I got all my smites, so I got this. So she runs over, and she's blind, because unfortunately the Minotaur, as a player character, does not have dark vision. 
<laughs> Obviously, we joke because as a player character in this setting, the Minotaurs are medium-sized creatures with no dark vision, whereas their scary cousins are large-sized with dark vision. So if you don't eat human meat, you don't grow big and strong and get your dark vision. So humans are like, <laughs> you know, carrots. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> she runs out there, and where she sees, you know, she doesn't really see, but she hears the beast, she casts Shatter, which is a 20-foot sphere attack. Unfortunately, the Hydra makes his save. Go figure, Hydra and a con save. Takes a little, little smidge of damage. But unfortunately, the target it was just holding in its mouth that fell to the ground at its feet is within the 20-foot sphere. So our monk takes shatter damage and now has a second failed saving throw. Oh no, one more and that's it. And in the meantime, because Shatter is a 20 foot and shatters anything, there are half a dozen magic eggs that, I mean, magic uh, apples that all explode and turn into applesauce on the ground. So six sacred magic apples were just destroyed and wasted. And you know what the goddess is going to think about that next session. You not only came and attacked my pre killed my priests, attacked my guardian, and you 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 vandalized my tree for no good reason. Well, the group kind of starts to rally because, of course, you know Jesse was playing his you know satyr and kept chasing after the Hydra, who he discovered could only run to the edge of this tree's shadow, even though it's at night. It couldn't leave the overcast of the tree's branches. Thankfully for the Hydra, it has a pond that it has dug out where it can run over and it basically shoved its five heads in the water to hide with its butt sticking out and tail thrashing in fear. So he kept close so enough to Hydra? It. So it's a Hydra. But I still could not get a damn saving throw for my life to break the fear. And the group is rallying. The bard runs over and she immediately casts Healing Word on the cleric to stabilize him because the cleric is now not doing too well with his saving throws. And just then as she stabilizes the cleric with a healing spell, the monk rolls an 8 for his saving throw. Oh no! Which means he dies. Yeah. Practically unseen by the only other person that can heal because he's on the ground covered in leaves and apple mush and not making a sound and she can't see him blind as a bat in the dark. At least the cleric had some glowy weapons on him so he could be seen. So she then spends her time hiding behind the, cent the, the, the centaur because the minotaur can fit behind the centaur's cover. She only got shot twice while trying to heal him. She manages to heal him back to consciousness, and they rally against the last two, taking them out. Basically, the Minotaur and the Paladin team up on the last guy, and basically keep beating him down until they, they murder him. At the very end of the encounter, when we had to wrap up, the cleric goes over to the monk, and immediately Kevin starts to make a snicker sound as he's like, what do I need to do for this spell? And he snick Kevin Snickers because his character is dead. But remember, 
who I said he works for and what he does. He works for the God of death and basically reclaims souls that have escaped the, the rightful afterlife. And he just made a hmm, and I'm like, yeah, Kevin, I got you. Just to keep him from saying anything. And then I totally followed up with the cleric saying, so what is the material component for Revivify? And he's like, oh, 300 gold coins and diamonds. And I'm like, yeah, remember that uh, prince in the city state you made allies with? He gave you a bag full of diamonds. Because, you know, he, they totally saved this guy earlier on and became his best friends. And totally made his father and older brother hate them. Because they know this. They're going to make sure this kid inherits the city-state. So he kneels down to the monk. Who is known as the Redeemer. Because he redeems souls that have basically escaped hell. Or their rightful end place. Because it's Elysian Fields and Hades type of deal. And he casts Revivify bringing the monk back to life. And totally I'm getting all these messages from, from his character saying, he doesn't know me. He, he has to have forgotten who I'm all about. And I'm like, uh-huh. What are you going to do? Because uh, you're gone. He just violated your basic tenets of your existence. You were never born. You were brought from the night sky. To make sure souls went to their proper place. I even described to them as he was dead. You could almost see his silhouette back in the night sky. Because we've actually had a few game sessions where he couldn't make it. So obviously he went back to the Nyx. The night sky that's always perpetually there even during the day. So, you know... The, the 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 thing that's most memorable at the very end, he's laughing and cackling because he's like, I may have to kill the whole party. I don't know what, what, what my character's going to do. And I'm like, dude, you need to think about this. That you basically were off to your rightful reward for life well lived. You know, he's put undead down. And on top of that, there's going to be consequences because... The group was told about the guardian under the tree, so it's their whole fault. If this hydra breaks the fear and jacks them up, they got this coming. But on the plus side, they know if they walk away from the tree, he can't follow. And then he'll slowly turn invisible if he takes no effect as part of his curse. That he's cursed to trap there and turn invisible if he's not in combat. And we have a monk who's brought back to life who believes in true death. He's even said twice before when we didn't have a cleric in the group, if I die, let me die. <laughs> I mean, because he does have this like childlike innocence because he's only like two years old, even though he appears to be a fully formed elf adult. <clears throat> and then on top of it, the group knows with all of the druid priests that they murdered, two of them were out tending their duties. And the amount of noise the group made, especially when the bard finished off using a thunder wave on the last surviving guy, and the guy just barely survived it, then turned around and headbutted the paladin three times, and he failed every strike with his headbutts. It was tragic, but my guys were rolling for crap. But it was great, because here the players went after two encounters at once, basically. So I was actually, as, as 
Jim, the, the, the you know, their friend, it was happy that they were rallying after this because it could totally have gone the other direction. Great skill uses, great tactics, great teamwork. Everything was beautiful. But right now, off in the trees hiding in a hunting blind are a pair of druid priests praying to their goddess for revenge for their brothers and sisters. Revenge for the tree and the sacred apples that they are bound to protect. And then on top of it, our satyr, well, he knows the hydra is hiding from him because he's physically afraid of him. He totally jumped up in the tree and plucked two apples off the tree. Because the group knows, thanks to the lore that they've been... They know that uh, eating, you know, basically forcing someone to eat an entire apple can actually bring back the dead. And if you cut the apple up, it can be used as four healing potions. Or it can be brewed into a brew that can be used as healing potions for a temporary time. So these apples have like dozens of cool uses as well as there's a few magic items that you can use them to make. Because now that they have the Mithril Forge... They have a uh, salamander, you know, big reptilian multi-armed person who is contractually obliged to serve the forge owners. And they actually gave her back her contract to free her. And she said, you know what? Until you guys finish your job, I'll be here to serve you guys. Give me whatever work orders you want. As long as you bring me the mats, since I am trapped to this area until I break the contract, I will keep making stuff for you. So, like, they all have mithril uh, Zephos and a few other items, you know, that she totally cooked up for them. So that's kind of why they're going for the apple, and they need the fleece as part of their mission. So this is super memorable because A, none of them worship. Because part of the thing with Theros is you pick a god that's your patron god at the beginning, and you actually, in the Dungeon Master's Guide, there's a rule for piety to get your god's favor. And you have, just like in the old Greek stories, you have a patron god that you're constantly like, we killed this monster. I'm going to burn it in the name of my goddess or god. And none of the group has this goddess as their god. So it's going to be beautiful that they piss the goddess of the hunt off who's going to be fucking gunning for the group from now on. So in classic (laughs) Greek tragedy... You have a god that has a good and just reason to want to end you. And Yeah, um, there's many stories of Greek gods not even having a really good reason uh, going after, you know. <laughs> because it's a day that ends in Y, let's fuck with the humans. How'd that work out for Odysseus? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was really Odysseus' fault, Well, yeah, but still, you know, uh, I mean, I think that this is far greater uh, insult. (laughs) (laughs) Murdering five of the uh, seven priests. Yes. And don't get me started on Aphrodite. I mean, (laughs) come on. That was a bitch move with a Medusa. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. I mean, she gets violated in in Aphrodite's temple, and yet it's her fault. Blamed on her. Like that shit. I mean, at least with the kidna, she said, nobody can weave better than me. Okay, so you had pride <laughs> before a fall. No, that's you... Ariadne. Oh, no, that's... Ariadne is the spinner. No, no, it was a kid. It was uh, not a kid, but a spider. Yeah, Ariadne. 
Yeah, Ariadne. Yeah, Echidna's the other, the the mother of monsters. Echidna is the mother of monsters. Yeah, yeah, Ariadne that turns into the, the spider monster. Yes, but uh, that will be the most memorable encounter for quite a while because it was just this travesty of bad roles, and the group failed roles, but then succeeded on other roles that saved their butts. I mean, and then there's the idea of the Minotaur just looking at the group going, are we doing this? Are we doing this? And she followed up basically tying a priest in the throat. And that's the first murder they've really committed. They've they've gotten into fights with their, their satyr friend because the warlock has openly used enchantment magic in public places for stupid reasons. Like, you're going to give us this breastplate? And the blacksmith says, no, I'm not. And all of his apprentices are like, did he just throw mind magic at him? Never use ensorcel magic in public. <laughs> because they literally had to do a whole convert the witnesses to change their stories and save him in a court of law and uh, on one of those sessions. The group is really good at making horrible blunders into interesting episodes. So uh, I think we've definitely gone on, because obviously these were very memorable encounters that still come fresh to the mind. But uh, that is probably a good place to wrap up August the 29th, most memorable encounter. Thank you for listening, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. If you enjoyed our show, please check out D&D Journey of the 5th Edition and Ragnarok and roll a Scion Hero to Ragnarok Story. Also, check out our Patreon page for more content and behind-the-scenes things, as well as joining us for a one-shot game or two.